0: Welcome to Mandatory Happy, a podcast exploring the highs, lows, and horrors of romantic movies through the ages. I'm Renee.
1: And I'm Ray. And tonight we are discussing 13 Going on 30, where two people fall in love, whether they like it or not.
0: And um, before I get into the plot synopsis, I just want to like make a note. I know we said we were going to do the Baxter this week, and that was a listener recommendation that we were excited to do, but apparently this movie does not stream anywhere we tried and yeah and when we said we would do it it was like listed on amazon but weirdly you cannot actually rent it on amazon or any of the other places i normally rent movies or even buy it on itunes so we will eventually do the baxter um but it has to be at a time where we can like be in the same place at the same time or something so
1: it's at times like these i miss blockbuster
0: right yeah yeah. Redbox isn't going to have back, the Baxter. No. It's not going to happen. No. This is the problem with
1: um, the internet.
0: Yeah. Well, because you think through like the 17 different apps I looked for this movie today, one of them would have had it. But yep. no. No wonder I've never heard and, of it. No
1: wonder I'd never heard of this movie until right? like a week ago. Yeah.
0: You can buy it on DVD through Amazon, but it's not even Amazon Prime. So you can't even get it in two days. It's crazy. That's, it's crazy. It's so yeah. weird um so anyway the movie 13 going on 30 um the plot is kind of a freaky friday meets big kind of a thing Mm -hmm. so it's this girl's 13th birthday and she's kind of maturing into teenagehood where she's concerned about being popular and being pretty and um starting to like have a crush on the popular boys and you can see that her friendship with her best buddy next door, who's a guy is starting to strain and things go really crappy at her 13th birthday. Um, and she kind of is a jerk to her best guy friend. And she makes a wish that she could be 13 flirty and fabulous. And she 30. wakes up.
1: 30, not 30. 30. <laughs>
0: 30. <I'm wrong. laughs> that would be, that would be a terrible movie, right?
1: Yeah. She's she, she would 13. say the she same age and just start flirting with dudes. Yeah.
0: Right. Um. So she wishes she could be 30. And she wakes up and she has everything that she wanted. And of course, her and her best friend are no longer friends. But she is now best friends with the girl who took advantage of her in high school and was mean to her and ruined her birthday. And as one might expect, she learns valuable lessons about what's important. She reunites with the best friend, they kind of fall for each other. And in a twist you don't normally see, they don't end up together, but then, like, of course, she turns 13 again, and then they end up together, so. Yes. It's yes. very cute. I'm mostly, I'm, I liked almost everything about it.
1: We should mention, almost. before we get into it, because you've been referring to him as the best friend, his name is Matt.
0: Oh, right. It's going to get Are confusing you, well, you if we me. don't call him that. Huh? He's you know me, though. I'm really so bad with names. I have to write them down in my notes, I'm not actively looking at the names of the characters. I forget. It's them. His name's Matt. And Sometimes, when
1: he's a kid, he's transparently wearing some kind of cushion under his sweater to make him look rounder than he is. And then when um, Jennifer Garner's 13-year-old character becomes 30, um, he turns in Matt becomes Mark Ruffalo and nobody's sad about
0: becoming Mark Ruffalo so right my notes say Matt grew up to be Mark Ruffalo with like 30 exclamation points do you know what what my
1: notes said and I think you'll like this and I did steal this from a sign at one of the women's marches but I just wrote down I decide what's best for my vagina and what's best
0: for my vagina is Mark Ruffalo there you go (laughs) Mark Ruffalo in this movie does it for me in a big way He's he's yeah, it was
1: it was he's Pete so Ruffalo. Cool. He's never looked it this. Was. Good.
0: And I think he looks good all the time. I so here's the thing. I don't think he's a, like I I didn't see this movie, and I feel like this might be where people got on board with Mark Ruffalo, or this time period mm. was when people got on board with Mark Ruffalo. And 2004 was a weird year for me. I kind of missed like everything. And that's the year I went to boot camp, and like I was in training for most of the year. So. Mm. Whatever, whatever guys were hot in two thousand four. Like I didn't know. Um, I think
1: I was getting divorced in two thousand four,
0: so that's you know that's not great.
1: <laughs> it was not. I, didn't end up getting, I wasn't think I got, paying
0: attention to Mark Ruffalo at that point. I didn't get married in two thousand four, but I met my first husband in two thousand four. Thank you. It's just a bad year for yeah. men, except yeah. for Mark Ruffalo. Except
1: for Mark Ruffalo, who was killing it. Killing um, it in two thousand four. But yeah, he's uh, he's a goddamn delight. He's, in this music. Movie.
0: he's he's like into good music. He's creative. He's not afraid of glitter. He's like I a mean, fantastic artistic photographer.
1: The the <laughs> thing is, right at the beginning of this movie, when we see thirteen year old, uh, oh my god, I can't remember her name. Jenna. L- Jenna. <laughs> gonna call her lauren when we see 13 year old jenna and she's walking home with him and he's transparently really cool um and then you know as soon as she's around the mean girl she gets really mean to him but like when 13 year old him is you know nerdy and chubby and next door he's still going out of his way to be wonderful and he he has a great scene Um, where he is dancing to Talking Heads in a room full of the cool kids, and they're all looking at him like he's crazy. And I'm like, see, he's so much cooler than them, and none of them know it.
0: Right. Like, he was always going to grow up to be Mark Ruffalo.
1: Yes. Beautiful, beautiful Mark Ruffalo in a CBGB's Um, t-shirt and the kind of wide pants that everyone wore in the early 2000s. It's so nice.
0: I was super... I'm like I'm totally in love with him now because like I was saying I just didn't I didn't get around to Mark Ruffalo until a little more recently and Mm -hmm. you know I was I was okay with Mark Ruffalo but I I didn't get like the like the way that some people are just like they're all in on Mark Ruffalo but as of tonight I'm all in on Mark Ruffalo
1: maybe only for tonight I have a friend that I used to work with who, when she found out that I had a thing for Mark Ruffalo, got really angry with me because of his role in that movie, um, The Kids Are Alright, because it's, you know, his role in that, I don't know if you've seen it, is somebody who has an affair with one half of a lesbian married couple, and it plays into a lot of stereotypes about, you know lesbians can be turned kind of thing i mean not really because that's not how the movie ends but she just has a fling because he's there i don't really see it that way but um because i think sexuality is fluid anyway uh but yeah, i have a friend who was really really mad about the whole thing and so now she just hates all things mark ruffalo and i'm like can can you not touch him that's from hard. the one thing it's not fair
0: yeah um so what it, were when your... you're an actor and you accept a role, you just—I feel like you just—you—you you read it through your own lens. You don't of really course. know what it's going to end up being at the end.
1: Um. So what were your favorite things about this movie?
0: Um. Okay. So I loved how they. Okay. I'm going to put it first. I'm going to say this. I don't usually watch these movies that we do on the podcast with my daughter because a lot of them are inappropriate for one reason or another. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you. If, the messaging in the movie or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I did watch this one with her because I just kind of didn't have an option. We've had a very busy week. Um and I'm so glad that I did because there's so the messaging was really good. It, it is like you know, they skewered like the women's magazine entry. Like there's the scene where they're sitting around pitching and the the headline that one of them pitches is like, he's a liar, he's a cheater, he's whatever, blah, blah, blah what are you doing wrong? Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, it's clearly meant to show it as bad, not good. And, you know, the idea that maybe you get, so I want to actually, we're going to have to pick this apart a little bit. I actually think they did a good job with a nice guy gets the girl storyline that Mm -hmm. isn't about how nice he is. It really isn't about how nice he is. It's about her focusing on the wrong things in her life and abandoning him before she ever has a chance Mm -hmm. because you know it happens where you know someone for a while and you don't hit that part where you're like actually I would hit it until later and I I feel like that's the thing that's missed in their story let's
1: let's go back to the the first point the magazine thing Um, I actually think It was, I've never thought that I would call 13 going on 30 ahead of its time, but I feel like it was kind of ahead of its time in terms of the messaging here, because she says in a meeting, looking at the magazine pages that they have, I don't know any of these women. None of these women are relatable. I don't get it. And we've only just now in the last year or so hit a point where stretch marks aren't being edited out by some people anymore. Um, And plus size is is a lot more visible than it used to be and this was 2004 and um i feel like this this was
0: you know well called ahead of its time and they also i think what was cool in in it works into that like the magazine culture that she's in in the movie is like so she wants to be part of the popular girl group and um they're called, what are they called? The something six? Six chicks. The six chicks. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing is that later, when she's 30, you find out that she became a six chick, but there's still only six of them. So somebody got booted, right? Yeah. And you find out that her and the other main mean girl are like the mean girls of the magazine industry, too. And right. They're doing all sorts of backhanded things to each other, to other people, to people at other magazines. Like, she gets 15 messages that call her some kind of version of a nasty, horrible bitch. Like, everyone's afraid of her, all of that. And
1: also, it it's kind of makes clear that that horrible 13, um, that 13th birthday party uh, was the point where she has the falling out with Matt for the first time. And they don't speak in the interim at all until she wakes up in her 30 year old self and goes to his house and doesn't know what's going on. And he's like, I haven't spoken to you in forever because you um, like were so mean to me at your 13th birthday. And the reason she was, was because the, the cool quote unquote girls were there and she was trying to impress them. But I wrote down uh, primary lessons, mean girls will ruin your life. And the other one is it's good to get on a swing now and again. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I took from this movie. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Uh, because but that was the thing I thought was really like, you know, because, of course, when you're 13 and you're humiliated by a group of shitty mean girls and their shitty guy friends, um, you're going to take it out on whoever's in front of you because you're 13. Yeah. But I think like had I think the implication is not just like he says that's what happened. And but then he doesn't want to talk about it. Right. Um. I think the implication is probably that like she was too proud to apologize. And clearly she's friends with these people now. So she found her way back in. Right.
1: Well, see, the the only thing that never gets answered in the movie that annoyed me a little bit was um, we never find out how she got in with the cool kids, because the way that it's left is that she is publicly humiliated by them at her 13th birthday party, then she takes it out on mat and that's the last thing we see. And then we see her wishing she was 30 and then we jump forward to her being 30 and successful in New York. So it's like, it's one of those weird things that all of a sudden we just see in the yearbook that she became one of the six chicks and became cool. But I'm like, they're so mean to her when we see them. It's difficult for me to build a bridge between the two so quickly.
0: But I mean, I guess teenagers are fickle. Teenagers are fickle, and you kind of get this feeling that in her work life, she's, like, a hard-charging bitch who'll stab anybody in the back and do anything to succeed. And you even find out, like, to the point that she's, like, helping tank her own magazine Mm -hmm. in order to get this other job. Um, So, like, I feel like the turning point was supposed to be all the stuff that that, um, Matt tells her happens after that. That like, that really bad thing she did to Matt was like the first in a series of shitty things she did to be cool.
1: Well, the root maybe? of it all
0: is is becoming friends with the mean girls, right? But I mean, like her if her if she's now no longer friends with the fat nerd from next door and she is now like super ambitious about being cool, then yeah. Fickle teenager, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I kind of I got what you're saying because when they first started with that, I was like, I don't really understand either but then as you learn more about what's going on in her work life I'm like okay so like we're supposed to believe that like her teenage years became that turning point where she was just like solely focused on being a cool girl
1: Mm -hmm. and being
0: you know the editor of Poise magazine and again
1: just like last week
0: you're much more willing to fill in the holes than I am (laughs) (laughs) because but I mean you know I because like if they never spoke again I just feel like they live next door to each other. That yeah. has to be intentional. Yeah. Aw.
1: Anyway, I love Matt. This is this is a guy in a romantic comedy that you can actually root for and who doesn't at any point turn into a bad guy. For example, uh when uh Jenna becomes thirty and they're hanging out and she obviously has a bit of a crush on him because he's goddamn Mark Rufflow. Um Right. When she finds out he's engaged to somebody else, I, I got a little pause because it's like, okay, now we're going to be told that we're all supposed to hate the fiance because the fiance is trying to move him to Chicago and he's not sure about it. And that's like the only basis we have to dislike this person. But you it seems like the movie is going in that angle. But what we actually end up seeing is that he, although he kisses Jenna, um he does end up being like, look, I'm going to marry. She's my fiance. I made a commitment. Like of course i'm gonna marry her and And so i feel like does he abandon anyone or do anything wrong he's just a loyal dude
0: i feel like they hit a lot of the points that a lot of crappier movies hit that allow you to be okay with this person who's only in the movie for a couple minutes getting shattered right yes because she's trying to move him away and he says that he doesn't feel like this amazing, intense, over-the-top puppy love for her. Right. But it's something different. And then there's another point where she's very dismissive of his work. Yes. But it's just one, one point. And yes. it is her being like, I don't want us to live apart for the first year we're married. Which, discussions like that make people say kind of shitty things to each other sometimes. like, Yeah. So it's like, if that's the only one thing you see, whatever. But in any other movie that line would be the line that is like the nail in that character's coffin. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. I was um, impressed that it- they didn't just have them ditch out and those two become a couple. Like the way that it plays out is that he says, I'm going to marry her. Jana goes and retrieves the dream house that he made her like all those years before. And um, it's the dream house that is the catalyst for her switching ages. So she gets to switch back to 13 and then she redoes her 13th birthday party and kisses him. And that's how they end up together later on, which is, it's
0: all just right. very by nice making and different wholesome. choices.
1: Yeah. yeah. And also I think, you know, it does a really good job of um, remarkably, again, I'm so surprised by the depth of this movie. Like, I was watching I it and I'm like, would 13 year old me like me now? And,
0: I know, did think about that too.
1: You, that was kind of, that's what it prompts you to do. It prompts you to go back and go, first of all, I appreciate because sometimes, you know, you grow up and you have all of these stresses and all of these things and you don't take a step back and appreciate like, hang on. If someone had told me that I would have this, this, and I would have done this and this when I was 13, I'd be stoked. Like, why am I worrying about this minutiae? I should just be stoked because my life has turned out right, pretty much the way I wanted it to. You know what I mean? Like you're grateful. It prompts you to go back and think about what you wanted when you were that age and whether or not you have it now and make you grateful for the things that you wanted that you do have.
0: Right. And there's even the conversation she has with her mom when she's 30 and she's like having this breakdown and she realizes she doesn't, who she is now doesn't talk to her parents, and so she goes mm-hmm. and meets them when they come back from vacation. And she asks her mom, "What would you do over again?" And her mom's like, "I wouldn't, because yeah. if I didn't make mistakes, I would have never learned how to fix them." Yeah, and so it's like that thing of you know, the movie is really about making choices and not getting stuck in like kind of a one track. Right. think. But what I what I liked about it is that when she goes back and she, she kisses Matt, it's not because there's never any point where it's like, oh, she says you're the sweetest guy I've ever met. But it's not because, oh, I was a bitch to you and you always hung around anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Or, oh, I ditched you for the cool kids, but you still made me something beautiful for my birthday. It wasn't that. It mm-hmm. was that. Having the experience of seeing the man he becomes and seeing how much it hurts that he's not in her life anymore, she has a realization that there's more to her feelings for him than friendship, which is a normal, healthy way to view romance developing between friends. Yeah. As opposed to a lot of movies which are like, well, as long as he's nice long enough, she'll eventually fall for him. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, I really, I don't have any complaints. And on top of that, this has a really good soundtrack. It like does. a crazy good soundtrack. It, it starts was so with weird to go and it goes into talking heads. And then you have amazing uh, plot lines around the thriller dance and Pat Benatar's video for Love is a Battlefield. And it's just, it's all done really, really well.
0: There was one thing that gave me pause. Okay at the very end they're moving into this super cute house that looks like the dream house he built her it's pink and all of that it's pink um but what gave me pause is like so did neither of them get the really awesome careers I did that too
1: because I was like oh I guess (laughs) you want to be a magazine editor now even though you can do that and not be a bitch Says the journalist He's right. a little bit upset That that's the implication <laughs> um, Exactly I wondered like that he's... too. I, I think we have to assume That they're both Still working in media of, I mean he's a photographer when he's a kid He's a photographer when he's a grown up I think we have to assume that that is the case But they're just maybe are They are living in the suburbs Maybe they're just living in New Jersey and commuting Let's just, yeah. I'm going to fill in a hole cause Both that's their usually... families
0: live in New Jersey Yeah and yeah they commute they take the train to work yeah cuz they wanted a dog yes there you go <laughs>
1: cool. like john stewart it's just john stewart
0: right and because don't they have like a farm
1: oh i don't know
0: but okay, john stewart's so, wife rescues animals farm animals
1: oh well of course she does cuz and his is does. you know the daily shows a dog friendly office because of him so you know it all makes sense um so for years i've had loved ones friends family whatever tell me that i should watch this movie because it's a really charming movie and i've always been like i don't want to watch that like i have been why do i need this i don't want to watch it it's going to be dumb um and the thing that I was told repeatedly by other people was, no, but the thriller scene, you have to see the thriller scene. And basically it's a scene where, you know, she's at one of her magazine's corporate events and people are leaving too early and everyone's worried about it. And so, you know, it's her th- her first day as a 30 year old. And she's like, well, I'm just going to get the party started. And so she has the DJ put Thriller on and she starts doing the routine and the whole room joins in. But it's done in a really, really funny way to the degree that I it actually made me like cry because I was laughing so much.
0: I So again, I was so happy that I watched this with my daughter because she is now at an age where she's starting to have shame, right? Like, right. Ooh, I can't do that. It'll be embarrassing. Or Ooh, what if everyone laughs at me? And one, I think a lot of that is fed by like well-meaning children's programming deals with people being worried that people are going to laugh at them so much that it yeah. then causes kids to worry. But I always tell her that whatever you think you're too cool to do is probably the most fun thing you could be doing. Totally. And that scene is totally that because it's this room full of people who are trying to be like sophisticated fashion people at a big magazine party and everyone's bored out of their minds. Yeah. And she starts making a fool out of herself and talks Matt into making a fool of himself. And then everyone is having a fucking blast.
1: And as as well, I I also made a note because the um, annual pride weekend here, uh, the, Dike march used to go outside the front of my house and so we'd always have a street party because the it's always like pedestrianized for the for the march that day. And um one year after the march had gone through and everyone was just hanging out and just having a party in the street, my neighbors across the street put on thriller really loud and um, basically a flash mob, a thriller flash mob started, but you could see people walking past and running towards it and joining in. Like, this is a real thing that happens. It's not just a real thing. I've seen it happen in real life. And it's a joy. Like, it's one of the the most joyful things you'll ever see. Thank you, Michael Jackson. Not for the child molestation, but this this really has spread (laughs) a lot of joy. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I can't thank Michael Jackson. I know. Not meant to no, try I mention, loved I'm it. not going to act like he was, he was like a good guy, but Thriller.
0: No, but I was going to say, I've never seen it happen specifically with Thriller, but um, you know, only like in my experience, only the cheesiest weddings have um like dance move dances. Right. But I go to the Marine Corps ball almost every year and there's a dance portion and it is that thing of like you have to get people to give up on being cool if you want them to have a good time so they do um a few of these dances that like have dance moves in the lyrics and like everyone can join in and dance wow and it is it is fun but you never see adults doing that unless you're at a cheesy wedding I haven't been to a cheesy wedding in a while Most of my friends and family have cool weddings. so
1: I don't think I've even ever seen it at a wedding. I mean, I see it on YouTube weddings, but, you know, not in my real life. I think that's because all my but friends it's are like too a... lazy.
0: <laughs> to I can't remember what the name song is, but it's like, no one hop this time. Now hop to the left or whatever, <laughs> you know, and people do it. And then, but you can watch people do it and then listen to what is being said and be able to do it. That's right. the point of it, right? Right. And so I feel like that's kind of like thriller is a little bit it's a higher level than that it is because they're it not is. telling you what to do. You have to know what to do.
1: But it's also but it's not the same a idea level. That it's and fun. I can say and I can say this from experience. My friend, uh, my BFF, Carly, got married a couple of years ago. Um, she was living in Sydney at the time and uh, I went out for this wedding and I said to her in advance like you and your husband have to learn the um dance from that La Tigra video what is it Decepticon (laughs) you know it's the two dudes in the in the jumpsuits and they're doing this perfect thing and it's all really really simple moves and I was like you can learn this And she's like, well, why didn't you learn it? It's not that easy. And I was like, okay. And then I I tried to learn it. And I was like, this is, first of all, really serious cardio. And secondly, really (laughs) hard to remember. Um, But we did do, and somebody filmed us doing it. We got very drunk and we did do approximately 10 seconds of it at her wedding. So that's something. But, you know, Michael Jackson is one step down from that. I would take Thriller over Decepticon now because that shit was hard.
0: But I think... Because you've seen, I feel like everybody's seen Thriller like a thousand times. Yes. And you have to go out and seek the Decepticon video. That's true. That's true. Yeah, but really, I mean,
1: you you would have to study the Thriller because otherwise you're just doing the claws side to side. That's all anybody does when they don't really know what they're doing.
0: Yeah, it's true. But I also really To be fair, the scene in the movie isn't that long. When everyone's doing it. It's not like they do the whole song. You're supposed to believe they did the whole song, but yeah,
1: it's oh, it's enough, though. It's good.
0: Um, so this is I... the thing that i I wrote about that scene, though, is um, so I always say on on this podcast, like, oh, I just love it when people dance together or sing together. And I'm like, clearly, I have seen so so fewer romantic comedies than i thought i had because this happens in every fucking movie there is a singing and or dancing scene in every movie we've done and i usually (laughs) hate it and i didn't hate this one i i I liked this one i definitely did but i always like it so yeah
1: yeah you even forgave 27 dresses that whole destroying of it wasn't the
0: entire scene that I forgave though just the singing part yeah 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 (laughs) on the bar part and the being like locally famous for dancing on the bar part I did not forgive I'm gonna be on the record with that
1: (laughs) so I I don't know if you have any attachment to Pat Benatar's love is a battlefield video but I have a deep attachment to it because I used to um you know that it's kind of the way that that she dances in the video. It's almost like she's like fight dancing, like West Side Story, like she's snapping her fingers at these bad <laughs> right. guys and like just throwing down. And it's 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 stupid fight dancing, and I've always thought it was stupid. So I do it to my sister in public because <laughs> I think it's really <laughs> funny. And we've had that ongoing joke for since we were children. So it it really it warmed my heart in a special way. That might have really. But the thing that swayed me finally was like okay finally some love for the benatar
0: i do i do like pat benatar i do have a one question about that scene though yeah and it was like is this a latchkey slumber party what's happening i think the because... implication
1: is she's made friends with all of the 13 year olds in the building
0: but they're like clearly having a slumber party and i feel like if this 30 year old woman that i've never met before was like, you know, like, I don't know. (laughs) I know what you're saying,
1: but she makes friends with the one little girl in the elevator. And then she, you can see the buildup of that friendship. And then it's almost like that little girl was having a sleepover and she just took them all down to Jenna's apartment. That's kind of was my assumption of what was happening. But it is weird.
0: but it's so weird. Because I'd be like, you know, me as a parent would be like, Where are you going? Oh, to my friend's apartment, like with all of your friends? No, I'm responsible for all of these people. Yeah. Their parents trusted me. Oh, you see, you're looking at this from a parental apartment. perspective that I do not have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can't go to her apartment. Who is this woman? Oh, I talk to her in the elevator every day. Like, <laughs> you don't know her just because you talk to her in the elevator. So that's where I was at with that. You're it was a really to get cute murdered. scene. Now. Yes, it's like this is New York City. What's wrong with you? (laughs) Um, Also, I feel like I have never. I feel like I've I've been walking in the wrong parts of New York City every time I've been to New York City. Because I've never once felt like I, if I were just here with a cute guy, we'd fall in love. But apparently, that is how you fall in love. According to well, the
1: part of it. The part where they they have their kissing scene—that's because that's in Brooklyn.
0: Maybe I don't you've think never I have been to in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. see, yeah, Brooklyn right is where
1: you have the the fantastic views of Manhattan. You have to be on that side of the bridge, which is why I was always like, if you choose to live in Manhattan, you're a bit of a sucker because you never get the view.
0: Mm. That was always my. So I need to go in walking in though. Brooklyn. You do. If I ever find myself single again. Yes,
1: that's where the good views happen, for sure.
0: Because I cause I did have, in my younger years, a, a fateful trip to D.C. in the fall. Oh. And there was that, like, with my boyfriend at the time, where we were like, very casual, um, and he was actually leaving the country, and so we were definitely going to keep it casual. And then we had this, like, D.C. in the fall and everything, like, this very, it just became very romantic, like... Mm-hmm. Because of the atmosphere, and it propelled us into like really bad decision making about trying to make it work when he had to leave the country. Dude, um, this is so, so funny. I'm aware. <laughs> but you know, I'm aware it can happen. It's just never felt like something that could happen in New York City, even though it happens in so many romantic comedies. Ah, but here's City. the key here's the key
1: it's the fall part because I too have made terrible relationship decisions based on foliage. <laughs> like I started dating a guy uh, in where he lived I'm not going to be that specific but it was beautiful at the time and it was so picturesque and you know a few months later I'm like yes of course I'll move there and then I moved there and I'm like oh wait this is kind of a shithole I just didn't realize before because of the beautiful trees that were everywhere you go in the winter and then it sucks so like yeah I too have made relationship decisions based on foliage that were not good. I mean, the fact that we've both done that is quite astonishing, and I would put money on the fact. I'm like now wondering somebody should do a study: how many how many women have made bad relationship decisions based on fall and the fact that there are red leaves yeah.
0: everywhere and it's quite pretty. And that was and that was even before pumpkin spice latte was in in the equation. I'm not into that. It wasn't even hopped up on on allspice, just the foliage. Do
1: you know what? I think maybe um, I. The only reason I'm not into the pumpkin spice anything is because I'm just, by my nature, a contrarian. So I'm like, oh, everyone really loves this thing. Then I'm going to ignore it. That's how I've never done anything Harry Potter related.
0: Um, I don't like Harry Potter. But I think it also might be a British thing. <laughs> my husband is confounded by what he calls pumpkin everything season. Yeah, but see, and the thing he, is... He swears uh- that it's uniquely American. It is uniquely uh, American,
1: but when I'm living in California, when I left, I mean, I was living here for a long time. I didn't understand it, but I was like, okay, everyone's pumpkin crazy, whatever. Moved away for four years. One of the first things that happened when I came back was like, well, isn't someone going to offer to take me to the pumpkin patch? Because that's what I expect from Californians. And if you are like, someone has to take me to the hay maze (laughs) because I expect this now. But in terms of like consuming it, no. I just I I
0: I feel like he's the same because okay you can't live with me and not be into the festive part of holidays like (laughs) but especially not Halloween because I mean in my world every day is Halloween but some days are more Halloween than others right and Halloween is the most Halloween. So, you know, we, I start on September 1st, Halloween's bigger than Christmas in my house, and I often spend more money on it.
1: Like, I've, you're not the only person I know who who feels this way.
0: Yeah, so he couldn't be married to me and be against the pumpkin patch, because we go, like, to three different pumpkin patches, and, like, it's a whole thing. But, um, but pumpkin flavor is what drives him bonkers. He just doesn't, he's like, I just can't understand it. The only pumpkin thing that he'll eat is a, a pumpkin bread loaf that I make and I lost the recipe for it. So I've made it in years. Well, that is a tragedy. It's a tragedy tragedy tragedy. for your marriage (laughs) that your one pumpkin link has been lost. But, but he'll go pick pumpkins with me and that's, what's really important.
1: I mean, I, I love that shit. I never buy pumpkins myself, but I enjoy watching all of my friends go nuts for it. You know? Um, I feel like we've veered wildly
0: off the point. Um, I was about to, to criticise apple picking, but that's fine. We should get back to the movie. <laughs> um, Back to the movie.
1: Uh, I was going to say a lot of the humour and it is funny. It is laugh out loud funny in a bunch of different yes. places, which I was surprised by. Um, A lot of it initially is based in the fact that this 30-year-old woman is dressing and doing her makeup like her 13-year-old self would or would have fantasised about doing. So it's, you know, it's very colourful. So I just did
0: just... have this moment where I found it hard to believe that the 30-year-old version of herself, who is the editor of a Major Fashion Magazine, owned that much frosty makeup.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I know a lot of women with a lot of crappy makeup in their, in their
0: you know. there's. I could fr- probably dig through my thing and find some pretty god-awful shit that I just recently bought and you know, about because we all buy
1: these sets of things because we like three colors in the sets and then you ignore what, whatever else is in there. I can see it. I can justify that. She probably um, gets free
0: stuff too, right? Like Totally. Yes. hundred percent. It all makes sense.
1: Now. But the, the thing is that a lot of the, like that humor about like what her 13 year old self would want. I was watching it and I was going, I actually, this wouldn't work in my life because I pretty much dress the same and do my makeup the same as when I was <laughs> 13. Right. Like to a degree where, if anyone watches me put my liquid eyeliner on, everyone always goes, Oh my God, you did that so quickly. How did you do it that quickly? And I'm because I've been doing it for like over 20 years. I've been doing my makeup since I was
0: 13. My fashion has changed, but it hasn't matured. Right. I'll say that. I still do very often dress the way I dressed in high school just because, like, t shirt and jeans. But um, as far as, like, when I'm trying to be, like, when I'm trying to present myself, um, I like to dress up, but, like, I dress up, when I dress up, it's a dress that has, like, unicorns and cupcakes and, like, so, like my fashion sense has become more effeminate and childlike as I've gotten older, because I like the fun, crazy prints.
1: Yeah, so I can see that. Yeah, no, everything. Mine's just like black and tight and ripped. And that's been the same way since I was a child. So this this would not work for me.
0: It's still just a Nirvana yeah.
1: T-shirt somewhere.
0: Well, that's why neither one of us are editing fashion magazines. <laughs> it's true. Among other I... things, but that especially, I feel like. Um... <laughs>
1: But yeah, you know, she and I have tried to work for fashion magazines, by the way.
0: And uh it doesn't always go well. Uh I mean i pitched i pitched to a lot of fashion magazines, but uh-huh. I've yet to get a byline in one. <laughs>
1: yeah. I did something about, um for Hello Giggles once, but that was about the walking dead. So that's not helpful. Uh
0: but does Hello Giggles count? I don't feel like that counts as a fashion because it's just No, like but a- it's a
1: girl, it's a girl thing is is what I mean. Yeah. Like that's a woman's website um so obviously it's more fashion oriented than most of what i do um so hello giggles is about oh, as close as i got i did work for a, a fashion magazine in london for a minute but it was a weird little independent one that was geared towards goths so like that doesn't count oh
0: yeah so before okay i kind of did too actually if you're gonna do if we're counting that yeah dirge When I was the managing editor at George, we had a fashion section. And so theoretically, I was editing the fashion section. I would actually do hands-on editing for a lot of that. But then they became their own thing.
1: I think all we're doing is proving our own point, actually. Because <laughs> none of these
0: things, like, are anything to do with, like, mainstream. It's like, once you start, you know, like, if you have to qualify it 15 different ways, then, yeah, exactly. No. Like, like
1: this is as close as we got, and it's not close at all.
0: Story, so. Once I edited an article about perfume, that's close, right?
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> um, so, you know,
1: and the the other humor other than her trying to dress like 13-year-old her would have wanted to dress um, and being friends with the 13-year-olds in her building uh, she I think one of the funniest things that happens is that when her and Matt are you know they 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 go for this romantic walk and then you know they have a bit of a kiss and they're on the ground and she strokes his arm and she goes oh you got arm hair which I thought was really funny because he's like uh yep
0: yeah he's like I've never gotten that response before (laughs) Um, (laughs) but also I loved that like her her boyfriend in that she starts with as a 30 year old there's like nothing wrong with him but she's disgusted by him because he's (laughs) like super into her sexually yes and like in a lot of ways like in a really fun way but because she's 13 she's like oh my god get away from me please stop yeah. Like basically breaks up with him because he's like trying to trying to be cute and do a strip tease for her to ice ice baby which he says like that she had asked for at some point
1: well he said so it was like, his turn it was his turn like they've been giving right, like stripteases
0: something yeah established it wasn't like, like he didn't do anything wrong but no. she was just like, "What is happening? Please don't show me your penis. Oh <laughs> Please put that <laughs> away." So hard, yeah. She like threw the pillow at him. I was just like, in any other like context, that wouldn't have been an adorable, like relationship moment. But instead, it was like hilarious because she was so visibly repulsed. She, um, Jennifer Garner is so good in this too. She really is. She she plays it so well. It doesn't seem like I you believe that she's a thirteen year old in an adult's body. You actually like in, do. in the way she acts.
1: Yeah, yeah, she's Tom Hanks level good at this.
0: And uh, the other thing I thought was really funny is at the party. She like she eats the shrimp and she throws it, and then she's just dropping the crap out of her drink over the balcony, and I thought that was funny because I was like. Girl, you should have known better than that when you were thirteen, too. <laughs> like, what to yourself? Like, it's about to her. Yeah,
1: but I mean, when I remember my drunk, sister it's... telling me off for doing that kind of shit—just dropping things on the floor. Because, like, you know, you're your right. teens you don't care. I want this out. <laughs> but I my thought drink.
0: it was. Yeah, I thought it was funny because it starts before she's been drinking, so it's just like her idea of what being like rich and successful yes. and at like a cool party is that you can just do whatever the Roach fuck you around. want. <laughs> um, Which, yeah. I mean, that's still what my idea of being rich is. So totally. i you know when it happens. <laughs>
1: um, and the other thing I like, because at the beginning, um, the way that they trick her at her 13th birthday party, the mean girls blindfold her and put her in the cupboard and say, you know, we're going to we're going to give you 7 minutes in heaven with the guy that she has a crush on um and then instead they just lock her in the closet um and leave but when it fast forward to everyone's 30 now Matt at one point very quietly very subtly refers to 7 minutes in heaven as spin the rapist which I yes was brilliant spin the rapist because when it's happening initially they say, you know, we we. She's like, well, how does what is seven minutes in heaven? And They're like, well, we blindfold you and we put you in there, and then a boy's going to come in and he can do whatever he wants for seven minutes. And so, I mean, that made me right. super uncomfortable when it was happening. And then for them to flash back later and call it spin the rapist, I thought was really smart and really
0: subtle and it funny. It was really yes. Okay, so two things. I don't feel like seven minutes in heaven was ever presented like that when I was a teenager. Um, and also I feel like that game got played like maybe once ever and nobody actually did anything
1: okay this is because we didn't this is not a a British thing so it's one of those things we see in movies and go what is this
0: I don't but I think like I think it only ever happens because it's in movies and so kids are like yeah this is a thing you do at a party and then Mm -hmm. like you try it and nobody actually kisses, and everyone's just like super awkward and hates it. And then, like, you just never talk about it again, and it never happens again because it's like the worst game. Um, it's what even it is, it's spin the rapist, <laughs> spin the rapist, spin the bottle. Because, spin the bottle means, like, first of all, everybody spins like 10 times because no, like, it's very heteronormative, right? Mm-hmm. And you can't guarantee it's going to land on a person of the opposite sex. And like, nobody is like, at, at 13, at least not when I was 13, was going to like, I'm going to kiss someone of the same sex, even if I'm straight. No one wants to do that. Then it's not going to land on the person you want to kiss. Even um, if, it, you know? I'm, I'm having a two...
1: moment where I'm realizing that I have never played Spin the Bottle. And clearly you have. And now I feel yes. like... I really missed out on something in my... You
0: didn't, didn't though. This is what I'm saying, is, like, it's not fun, or it's not even, like, sexy in a preteen, teenage version of sexy. Like, in that, because, you know, that sexy is not sexy. It's just, like, exciting in a vaguely sexual way, Mm. Um, right? Because nobody is having sex. But it's not even exciting in that way, because... I mean, look, okay, I'll put it this way. I'm not a gambler because I don't like losing. And maybe that's why, maybe other people play Spin the Bottle and they love it because it's the thrill of maybe getting to kiss somebody you want to kiss.
1: Interesting. But for me,
0: like, playing Spin the Bottle the one, one time was just like, I don't want to kiss that person. I don't think they want to kiss me. And then, then when it you? hits you, out of interest, oh, like, or 11 okay all right because i feel okay, like when makes... you actually a teenager and you want to kiss somebody at a party just do right if they want to kiss you you want to kiss them you just kiss you don't have to create like a whole yeah like pageant about it yeah you know? yeah
1: that that makes a lot more sense to me because i was like you know uh, it, it, when you're 13 and you're in the UK you just all snog each other it's fine you don't need a bottle in the middle of you to dictate this but 10 or 11 that makes a bit more sense but it also yeah. makes I mean if if I was put in that situation at the age of 10 or 11 I think I'd be horrified and a bit scared right
0: exactly because yeah. you're not gonna probably not gonna kiss someone you want to kiss and then it occurs to you that the person might not want to kiss you and right. then you're just horrified and embarrassed. This is all very educational, Renee. Thank you very much. <laughs> and then the seven minutes in heaven thing, I don't think ever actually happened in my Because that's in
1: Teen Wolf too, actually. There's a yeah. scene in Teen Wolf where that happens.
0: I think it's apocryphal. I don't think that real people do this. Yeah, because the kids in Teen Wolf are like old. They're like old. It's like, like the idea of like in like, Full House or like these different shows that there are such things as make out parties that teenagers so, have and I don't think that's a thing. It's I like the blowjob bracelet either. thing. I don't think that's a thing. I really don't. I feel like, I mean, sure people make out at parties. Yeah. Because teenagers will make out anywhere that their parents are not. It's true. but and even sometimes there's... when their
1: parents are there. <laughs> I've seen that too.
0: Right. <laughs> Fair, (laughs) but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah, okay. You go to a party, people are making out, but like, you're not invite. Like, teenagers are not having orgies. Just get it out there ahead of Fox News, and your eleven o'clock news. Your teenager is not having an orgy. It's not happening. No, No. they might want to,
1: but no one's coordinated enough.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and like, like the second we should do. By the way, we should do good old fashioned orgy. The movie for this podcast. Oh, I don't know what Um, that is. Because it's a really realistic look at what it would look like if a bunch of friends tried to have an orgy. Oh. Um, (laughs) Well that (laughs) sounds
1: like fun. And there I was thinking I was getting a proposition from you.
0: We could also just have a good old fashioned orgy. (laughs) Um but we should plan that off off. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) It's best left for another time. But you know, like teenager you've ever known think of yourself as a teenager and think about exactly how much you wanted to be naked in front of other people hmm like you might wanted to have been naked in front of a specific other person right but not like a not whole bunch of other everyone. people <laughs> yeah Right. like Oh uh, yeah, like all I want to do is ride around on the floor with a bunch of other people making out true, with other people. It's true because
1: even even if you are very sexually active in your teens, you don't you also don't want to get up and walk around naked in front of anyone because you're still not quite sure of yourself like that's you know, right. Certainly not a room full of people.
0: You're not like laying in bed with three other couples. Right. Making out. Right. giving BJs. Like, oh <laughs> uh, God. Sorry. I'm getting like a mental image of like exactly how uncomfortable it would be like to try and get to like second or face with someone next to you also doing that. As like a 17-year-old. Uh, Cause yeah. like whatever you do, whatever your kink is, if you like, if you're listening to this and you like orgies or you like swinging or whatever more fucking power to you but also when you're an adult you are not like horrified by everything do you know what i feel like
1: 19 plus that could maybe work
0: 18 below no no exactly you just like make out parties and like spin the bot all this stuff is like just totally made up to make teen movies more exciting Mm -hmm. and middle-aged parents watch the 11 o'clock news and freak out it's true
1: um so what did your daughter
0: think of it since she 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 liked a lot of it she also i felt like kind of lost interest um but we've had a really long weekend we've spent like More hours in the car than we've spent doing anything else, so it just sounded like
1: I tutted, but it's more give her a few years and she'll catch up to Mark Ruffalo, and then this is all going to be fine,
0: right? Exactly. I think, yeah, okay. If if Kid Matt had been her type, we'd be having a different conversation, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But Um, but she got it like she was into this idea of like, I think she got um Jenna wanting to be friends with the six chicks. Mm -hmm. and so like she was excited about the possibility like she was rooting for her to get that and then seeing how it turned out and me being like see what happened because they were mean and they weren't actually that cool and they're still mean
1: and it's also it's it's kind of it's kind of nice that there's a scene they managed to sneak a scene in that the boy she really liked that she wanted to do the seven minutes in heaven with she ends up in a cab being driven by him and he's just like right a doofus and inappropriate and she's just like bay it's like it's a nice it's it's nicer for younger people watching to be like well maybe the cool kids aren't always going to be the cool kids
0: right and and i i don't know i thought that was because she's not it she's not she's eight so she's not an age where crushes are more than like just maybe you'll blush a little bit when someone talks about that friend. Yeah. You know, like, they're not anything, like, it's just a friend you like more than other friends, mostly. Mm -hmm. Um, But she is at an age where there are starting to be cool girls and mean girls and popular kids and not popular kids. And, you know, looking up to the big thing is, like, the fifth graders, you know. So, like, I feel like she got that part of it, where she didn't really get, like, the the stuff with the popular boy. Like, she kind of, she was, like, wanted her to have what she wanted. So if she mm-hmm. likes the popular boy, she should date the popular boy. I guess but, like, you. in a more abstract way. Then she got, like, well, she wants to be friends with the cool kids, and I want her to be friends with the cool kids. And then right. me later going, like, see how that turned out. I'm, like, super glad we're watching this together. Because see? you need to see this.
1: <laughs> 13
0: going on 30 laughs love and lessons who knew lessons laugh laughs love and lessons is i'm gonna get that um on some distressed wood in three different fonts and hang it in my (laughs) living room now
1: you know they probably have one in ross as we speak we just haven't found it yet (laughs)
0: Uh, and, yeah, so and, it's a good movie. You can feel good showing it to the kids in your life. Life, Love Sorry, and Lessons what and Arm hair. What? And uh,
1: Spin the Rapist. And, and, Pete, and that's, that's Ruffalo. Oh, Ruffalo, God. I mean, I cannot emphasize this enough to our lady listeners. I don't care if you think Mark Ruffalo is gross but isn't he just like the Hulk guy and isn't his hair kind of great just watch this movie and fall in love he is quite the specimen in this movie because
0: okay being fair I did just come from a really beautiful wedding from uh, one of my favorite family members Mm -hmm. and I am hormonal and my husband is gone Yes. So there's a lot going on. Temporarily, we should add in
1: case you've just tuned in, Renee is not just been left by your husband. You know, I
0: do that. Every time he leaves, I have a situation (laughs) where someone thinks I'm going through a traumatic divorce because I I said I once (laughs) I'm gonna share this anecdote really quick just because it's super funny. He was gone for a few weeks once, and he had taken my set of keys by accident and they had my gym card membership card on them. Oh, that's annoying. And So I have this really bad habit of explaining to someone why I need what I need before I explain what I need. Right. Um, So I had to check in at the desk instead of just waving my card. And I was like, so my husband left town with my gym card. And everyone behind the counter just like stops. (laughs) And they're like, what? And I'm like, my husband left town with my gym card. Like he took my keys and they're like, Oh my God, are you okay? <laughs> like why <not>? it's t- <laughs> and I it's it's taken me a minute to catch up because clearly I knew what I meant. And I'm like, No, 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 no. Like he's just on a business trip. Yes. And he's <laughs> gonna come back. I just don't I just need to check in so I can go exercise now.
1: <laughs> For a few weeks now, you said at some point during the podcast, my husband's gone. <laughs> He's My not gone, gone forever. He's just...
0: My husband left me. Yeah. To go to work. Because he has to. For Yeah. Yes. And he's coming back. And actually, I'm going to go see him like in a month. So it's fine. Listeners at oh, home. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I might... We haven't decided where we're going to go yet, but I might get to go to Dubai. Oh, God. Don't. It's awful. <laughs> well, they okay, can He's in Kuwait City though, and Kuwait City is just like an American shopping mall, but in the desert. Yeah. It's hot. It's just such so, a long flight for such bullshit, and um,
1: I really, really, really have a strong disliking of Dubai. Next week's episode will not be sponsored by the Dubai Tourist Board. <laughs> I'm just like uh, I, have just, been any, Bob, right? I mean, I'm just like, don't go. It sucks. Don't go. It sucks. It's really far. and It sucks.
0: We have a very limited set of options. So like right now it's Kuwait City which he's been to a couple times uh, while he's been there and he hates like he couldn't even get a good meal he was so excited to leave base and get a good meal and he's like I basically I had Cinnabon because oh god there's nothing in Kuwait City, um, Bahrain which is kind of a long flight for him so we'll lose time because he has mm. like a set of hours right and Dubai so. Well, shit. I guess you're going to my
1: to my least favorite place, Dubai. But you haven't seen him for a while. You guys can just hole up in a nice hotel and just you know not deal
0: with Dubai's Dubai. air conditioning. I've never ever wanted to go to Dubai, except when my option was or Kuwait City. <laughs> you know, like Fair. so. Fair. You know, um, I think we're out of time. <laughs>
1: We are. This is veered off horribly. See, this is what happens when we have a movie that we like and that there's no problems with. We're just gonna talk about whatever we feel like having a chat about this week.
0: Right. Well, it's fine. It adds color. And I appreciate that you were looking out for my reputation and there wasn't like the like the random listeners that find us are not gonna come into thinking that I'm like very flippantly talking about my marriage being destroyed or something. So.
1: My husband's gone. Yes,
0: I'm very emotional because my husband's gone. So yeah, I'm Mark Ruffalo. But yeah, um, hey, this week the hot guy we talk about actually in the movie. High five, Ray. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm mark that on the calendar so we can celebrate the anniversary of this moment later. Because a lot of firsts happening lately.
1: Yeah. Is this the first this is the is this the first movie we've watched where I've actually been into the dude? I think it is.
0: Yeah. Um yeah. Wow. First for me, too, because even though I did like sleeping with other people, I like Jason Sudeikis. I didn't like that character. Like Right. I'm not so, into him though. Yeah.
1: He doesn't he doesn't do it for me. He's like he's nice to look at in the same way that <laughs> this is a really strange example to give you. In the same way that Brandon Boyd from Incubus is nice to look at, like it's nice to look at, but you don't necessarily want to touch it.
0: Too obscure? I mean, I don't feel that way. <laughs> but I'm I'm okay. Like, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I think I didn't, but see, my thing with Jason Sudeikis that's weird is that seeing him on SNL, seeing him in We're the Millers and stuff like that, I didn't, ever like notice him as like someone I found attractive Mm -hmm. and then it was like late like I saw other (laughs) this is so weird but it's true I saw other men with that haircut and the haircut grew on me and I went back and I was like oh he is really good looking but before he had that haircut and I thought it was dorky but now it's more popular and I'm used to it so the wow. haircut doesn't bother me anymore. I... <laughs> this whole I'm this shallow just, as like, fuck. Okay, like into
1: the psychology of like weird, let's get into like our psychologies regarding men and how fucking weird it is. Cause you just, that, you kind of just blew my mind. <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> it's weird, but. Cause I, I, like, I moved okay, down because I it was skin. autumn once. Like that's, that's worse. So, right. you know.
0: I think it's like when skinny jeans started and leggings and pants started, I hated it, but now that's like all I wear. I just Uh needed time to get used to it. Now I'm used to guys with that super clean cut, but still long haircut because you have to remember I was in the military for six years and Mm. I've lived and still after that living in military town. So like there's a very... Specific kind of clean cut, and like the new clean cut that's popular, took some getting used to to me because to me it just looked like a, like somebody's science teacher. You know what, though,
1: a lot of white dudes to me do just look like somebody's science teacher, and I'm afraid Jason Sudeikis falls into it. I think he's just a bit clean for me.
0: No, I get it because that's how I have viewed him up until very recently. Yeah, because of the hair. So, we, we. <laughs> I think it's like, I don't know, seeing him do interviews made me like him. Okay. But I'm yeah, no, he seems very, very likable. He
1: seems like somebody I'd want to bro down with, but that's about it.
0: Uh, see, I I mean, I'd... if I were not married, since we were <laughs> like established that I am married and my husband didn't leave me, but I would do more than bro down. Um, and apparently also would with Mark Ruffalo. Now.
1: See, here's the thing. This Mark Ruffalo thing, I had such strong feelings about him in this movie. I'm like, I'm aware of the fact that it's not just rare for us and the movies that we watch. It's rare in my life generally for me to like, really yes. be like, holy mother of God about any dude in a movie. Because usually they're too, they're too clean or they're too muscular or they're too whatever. But he's
0: just right. Yes too muscular really bugs me mm-hmm. it's a lot of that But they've ruined yeah, it Chris is...
1: Pratt Hollywood has ruined Chris Pratt bring back the belly okay
0: so anyway now we're definitely over time and I'm going to have to go back and edit something out and it'll be whatever probably the part where we trash an entire nation yeah. state yeah Um. Or city
1: I think state. probably what is trashing Dubai? of Dubai
0: should should <laughs> definitely go so everyone doesn't get really mad at me I don't think everyone has a strong opinion on Dubai. But anyway, as always, we are on Apple Podcasts, and if you can give us a star rating and review us, we will love you forever. Mm -hmm. Please feel free to leave us um, comments on our Facebook page about stuff that you want us to do, and we hopefully will do better than we did with the Baxter. Maybe don't be so obscure next time, kids. (laughs) Well... I didn't think it was that obscure. I was like stoked about it. I wanted to do it.
1: Yeah, I still want to do it. We're gonna figure it out. It's just, it's yeah. We're gonna figure but it
0: remember out. Remember when you and I were talking about this, and I said that I thought it was really limited release because I lived in Baltimore and I had to go to DC to see it. Yes. Yeah. So well, there the you problem go.
1: continues. The problem continues.
0: Yeah, I I live in a- with the internet, and I have to go to a video store to see it. <laughs> <laughs> now. Yeah. Um, i can anyway, find it
1: in my local video store i don't know if you have one of those but
0: yeah we'll figure it actually, out actually my my husband who recently left me <laughs> said <laughs> today that he thinks we might actually have it on dvd somewhere so i'm gonna <gasps> dig for it we'll see what happens oh well that would roll um, yeah if i have it then like we're set, I'll mail it to you, we'll figure it out if I don't have okay. it, I might just order it because I remember really liking it Okay. but then if I order it and we watch it and I hate it, oh that's going to suck
1: well I'm <laughs> going to see if Lost Weekend Video has it shout out to Lost Weekend Video the best uh, video store in San Francisco um, yes. and they probably
0: do so we'll figure it out Um. oh and so we're on Overcast and we are on Stitcher and we are on Mandor- mandatoryhappy.com, and um, I thought you were going to call us Mandora we... then. Mandora. Well, when I am making notes um, or like saving files, I always put Mando Happy, and I feel like that almost came out, and then I was like trying to catch it. Was uh... anyway? I got you. I don't know what we're doing next week because I thought we were going to do sweet home Alabama, but that's not on Netflix right now either. And I don't want to say that we'll find it somewhere else because look what happened when I said that about the Baxter. It's true. Look what you made us do. So I don't know what we're going to do next week. Um, Maybe we'll just figure it out on the fly. Like we did this week at the very last minute. I'm going to say that because we loved this movie so much. It gave us a nice break. We can go into Leap Year, which I know you said the co- you never saw it because the very concept offends you. It's And true. trivia, this podcast wouldn't exist if not for Leap Year because it was a year after I saw Leap Year that I was yelling at someone who had not even seen it <laughs> about how terrible it was that I realized that I had a lot of feelings about romantic comedies. Mm. And I was like, maybe I should do a podcast. So... um <laughs> <laughs>
1: awesome! I'll leap here it is. Bring on the misery.
0: Yeah, and it's Adam Scott. Oh, not playing, not playing a villain in this one. Okay, but he's not the he's not the romantic lead either. So don't get excited. It's a uh, dreamy Doctor McDreamy whatever from oh that
1: guy Patrick Dempsey. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. It's that guy, um, and it's a terrible film. But I think we're gonna have fun discussing it all right okay
1: we'll (laughs) see we'll see all right well uh until next week
0: bye